Um, I thought of something to say to you, which I think uh, that I found meaningful, and I hope that I can share with you guys. And um, I'll leave the option if someone wants to bring up a topic to talk about. Um, my favorite topic, as I mentioned this countless times before, is something that someone else comes up with. Because I can speak about any topic, almost any topic, but it's hard for me to come up with things to talk about. So like a something rabbi type thing? No, if, if you have something to say, to share with them, with, otherwise I can just talk. If, yeah, if you could stump the rabbi, then that will be great. But You have something to say, Matthew? No. So I had, I had, a, um, I had an idea um, that I wanted to share with everyone here today, and um, I'm trying to think of how to present it. I presented the way I presented it yesterday when I spoke in up north in uh, Temple Beth Torah in Umbel near the airport. Nice drive. So I uh, I'm trying I'm trying we're trying to come up with a with a with a formula uh, you know something a repeatable maybe algorithm for for how a person could change their priorities and how a person could like reshift their focus. I know I talk about this in a, uh, a lot of times, but I think it's important, you know, it, and especially when people have priorities uh, in, in their life, in their relationships, and they want to maintain those and to deepen those and to sustain those and not lose what they have, uh, it's important to learn the tools or the um, processes necessary or the, what, what, what are the mechanics of actually um, taking an idea or a principle or a priority uh, a value, and it could be an intellectual value, or it could be also a value of a relationship, and making sure that that, what's the process of developing that, and then what's the process of maintaining that. And um, I think that there's really two ways to do it. And this is what I want to share with you guys tonight. So, um, uh, so um, imagine, okay, imagine, imagine you have a child who, uh, you tell them that uh, don't touch the fire. Why, why, why should I not touch the fire? The fire is very hot, very hot, very dangerous. It'll burn. Right? And the child believes you. Your parent, parents aren't going to lie to their children and something like this. And every child knows that the fire is hot and don't touch the fire. My oldest son, Akiva, he once stuck his hand in a fire. And he got a huge burn. He got a huge burn. Now, he knew the fire was hot beforehand. But, but... But, uh, well, he has a nice little scar here on his left arm. Whenever he wants to remember which is right and which is left, he looks to see which one's his scar hand. So, what I want to argue is that even though you have two children that know the same information with absolute certainty, a child, a child, you tell a child the fire is hot, they don't doubt it for a second. There's a difference, there's a difference between the knowledge of one child who knows it as an intellectual principle that he was told and the knowledge of the other child who actually experienced it, right? You could feel it, right? You think of a fire as being hot and you just hearken back to that time where you actually put your hand in the fire and you get the chills, right? That kind of knowledge. So what I want to try to figure out is how to take um, a piece of information, a, a knowledge, and to try to translate that from being merely the theoretical to the tangible. What I was speaking about yesterday, I'm just trying to give you a little bit more context here, was I was speaking about, about the idea, they, they wanted a series on God. So I'm giving a six-part series on God. 
and uh, and I was saying, you know, I was trying to build it from the ground up. I, I said that, hey, uh, you know, what what's the definition of God? What's a Jewish definition of God? And what it means to believe in God doesn't just mean it means their idea the idea of faith versus the idea of knowledge. Um, you know, we don't believe in blind faith. It has to be based in some intellectual understanding. Um, and, and after all of that, I told him, I told him that when we talk about real faith, we don't, we're not necessarily focusing on a knowledge in your head. The real faith in God comes when someone actually, it's, it's real, it's tangible. I give an example is that imagine, uh, this example went awry before, so please. Uh, so imagine you're going to speak to the president or the chancellor, not the chancellor, the prime minister, the queen, right? So when you, so when you go to speak to the president uh, or to the, you know, to the queen of England, you're going to put on a tie and put on your best shirt and right, maybe buy new shoes and you know, brush your hair and right, put yourself together. Not me. Not you. <laughs> no, you speak to someone who's important, right? You'll be nervous when you walk into the office. You, right, exactly. So I say, is there something wrong with me and my faith? Something wrong with me and my faith if when every time I pray and I talk to the Almighty God, and I really believe I'm talking to the Almighty God, but I don't, I don't put on a tie, and I don't put on a jacket, and I don't wear you know, spiffy shoes, I don't brush my hair and shave every time I, I, I pray. Is there wrong with my faith? Is it maybe, is it, is it possible we could say that maybe it's not as real? That my faith is not as real? It might be just an intellectual principle that I know up here, but I, I, don't, I don't feel it. It's not tangible, right? It's not, I haven't stuck my finger in the fire, so to speak. What do you guys think? Well, if, so, if you didn't dress right, people are not going to take you seriously. When you're praying to God. Right, you, you see it. You see other people talking to important people and how they're dressed, how they present themselves, so you do the same. But you don't necessarily, you know, yeah. there's no but, protocol for talking to God. Well, but why not? Yeah. Is it possible? Because we, we, we no, don't... Just, every, everybody um, has, get you, Rachel. Oh, sorry. No, go on. Go on. Yeah, please. <laughs> I was just going to say, you have to present yourself in a different way. It's not about how you look. It's about what's inside. How are you... How you really feel inside. And it's also about your behavior reflects. Well, I don't know how to put it, but it, when you meet an important person, it's how you're dressed, how you look. You're saying the externalities aren't important. Yeah, you've got to, like, so your actions are more important. What you're really feeling inside yeah, your heart. I think it's societal, too. Like, it's like, I, I don't pray three times a day every day, or even necessarily every Shabbos, but on high holidays, I go to synagogue and we dress up. It's just what society expects of you. But since you do it every day, you know you can't necessarily dress up. Yeah, but yeah, but the the point I'm, I I I'm trying to use the clothing example as a springboard for the for the actual idea. I mean, is it at the end of the day? I mean, I think it goes to the external versus internal relationship. At the same time, I feel like perhaps it's everybody has their own unique relationship with God, so you, you can. Actually, one is from you. Like I, I don't, I don't, I don't pray every day, but I say thank God a lot to myself. Like it's weird. Like I mean, like and I think that's considered praying. Maybe I don't know for sure. 
You heard that here. Like, I mean, like, I'll, I'll, I, I guarantee, like, uh, God willing, I'll, I'll go home, like, I'll drive home tonight, and I make it home, and I'm like, oh, thank God, okay, like, I'm good, yeah. <laughs> then I'll text my mom, with mom, I'm home, because she freaks out about me still. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, like, and then she'll say, she'll say, she'll on the other, and she says the same thing, she's like, oh, thank God he's home, you know? Because she's worried about me driving, you know, whatever, like, whatever, you know? So we have a, um, I, I think there's another, yeah, yeah. Like, the other day, like, my friend was having a bunch of drama with her family, so it was just like made me like I called up my parents, thanking them like how much I appreciate them. My dad's like, "Is this a Hallmark card call?" And I'm just like, "Maybe I'm just want to call you guys, like how like I'm appreciative and thank you for being very supportive." So I'm like, what my friend was going through with her family was just like crazy. Yeah, crazy. It made me really appreciative. Like, and I think like Judaism teaches us how to be appreciative and thankful. Did you know there's a study that people are more happy when they show appreciation? Oh, for sure. Yeah. I think my actual question could be easily answered with any one of the answers, the externalities or um, the fact that it's a different, unique relationship. Or we could say that, well, what do you think, Dana? It's possible that we can say, listen, you know, we, we, we describe our God as Avinu Malkeinu, our father, our king. It's, yeah, it's not, it's not the relationship that someone has. It's not just the relationship that we have with a king. It's also your dad. You can speak to your dad and your boxers, right? You, you know, see, do you have a, you have a... That's the only way we talk. There's a certain degree of comfort. And that's why, like you say, like, I, I, I always, uh, I always try to, um, you know, I tell my kids this all the time, but I try to teach and try to practice this idea as well, is that talking to God is not, you don't have to be in a certain place where wearing certain clothing, speaking from a certain, out of a book, in a, you know, in a foreign language. It's about really talking to God in, in English where, throughout your day. Or even like just do your actions, like giving back to the community, just trying to, I guess, give oh, back to the Like, ah, you reminded me. Maybe like in like, yeah, but my question like this, this I wanna I wanna try to hone in on my question. And 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 that is the idea of do we really, really, really believe when we're talking to God in whatever variant um uh you know whatever setting that we are that we're really talking to the Almighty God, Creator of heaven and earth, right? Do we really believe that? Yes. And even if we know that, if we have faith, okay, I believe in God, like ninety-eight percent of Americans. But is it real? Is it as real as this is a fable and that the president's a powerful guy? You can, te- you can te- the president. Say the president's one third of the government, right? The executive branch, and it's what uh, three more years, and or a maximum of eight years, and it's really not that can't really impact. And then in fifty years, it's just the history books. But God Almighty has been around forever, will be around forever. Like, do we really believe that? Or not? Sorry, sorry for being with you. What do you say, Rachel? No, I was just going to say, like, sometimes you think, like, maybe it's not even real. That's what you're saying, you know, that idea. But then you see something, or something happens, and then you just, like. But let's say you know it's real. I, I'm, I'm trying to argue that there is, that there is this in between stage of knowing something is real in your brain. And not having not impact your heart. We have a statement to the Talmud that um, 
that says as follows. One of the rabbis, one of the great rabbis, he said to his students, he says, students, you sh- your fear of heaven should be like your fear of man. I'm like, what? We should fear heaven much more than we fear man. And he says, then listen, whenever you're about to sin, you don't, you know, you're turning around and you no one's watching you. But what about God Almighty is watching you? Right? And this was his motto. This is like a famous motto in the Talmud that your fear of heaven uh, should be as great as your fear of man. And this, and this underscores the, the, the problem with, with our faith and even back in ancient times is was that some, someone could actually have faith, have a knowledge, have a value, right? And it'd be relegated to their intellect and it won't actually impact their lives, their actions, their activities, um, their character, it won't really penetrate. There won't be this integration. So touch the fire. What? what I mean, they'll know that the fire is hot, but it, they won't feel it. It won't be as real to them. And I think this this problem, um, well, I would to argue is that all of our mitzvot, all of our prayers, everything that the Jewish religion is telling us to do is all trying to make, trying to bridge that gap. Closer but more real. Yeah. Like we have our tefillin, right? The tefillin is once in the head, one on the head and one on the arm close to the heart. And, and the idea being is that tefillin is one of the symbolic mitzvot because it symbolizes what the idea of a mitzvah is. To take, to take the principles of the intellect and have it penetrate to the heart. And I think that this is the problem. I, I think that um, oh, so how do you do that? How do how do you take in a, a intellectual principle and and and, and have it penetrate to your heart? Also show, like, what well, we're film, but you can wear film also mindlessly, as I, I do show, all the time. Show the effects, like show like show the consequences of the action. Like, I, mean, I, I think another example of this. Another example of this problem. We just uh, sorry, sorry for cutting you off there. Uh, women don't wear film, right? Women don't wear film, no. Um, they say that the daughters of Rashi were tefillin. It's the, the reason why women don't wear tefillin is first of all they're not obligated wearing tefillin because there's any time-based mitzvah women aren't obligated in, like tzitzis, for example. But uh, it also has to do with the fact that in order to wear tefillin, you have to have a uh, what's called this is in halacha clean body, and women uh, sometimes have. Uh, are cyclically inclined to be unable to wear film. So, yeah, that was recorded. That's beautiful. I'm sorry. That's <laughs> just someone brought that you up. You said cyclically, not cyclically. Cyclically inclined. Uh, so, therefore, you wouldn't, women, you know, wouldn't want to wear film and then say, oh, I can't wear film today. This will be awkward but and comfortable. Should, should be able to win. No, it's a thing. It's it's the kind of thing where it's it's like uh, it's, more of it's a, a, there's a whole gamut of mitz, of, of commandments that are all women only mitzvot, and there's men only mitzvot. But even the men only mitzvot, some women could do. Right. Anyhow, back to the subject at hand. Oh, so someone can have if you, you know sometimes you see you see I, this, nothing disturbs me more. Yeah, everyone knows I have a lot of pet peeves. Nothing disturbs me more is like when I'm hanging out with a bunch of guys. And one guy, a person, uh, were to speak negatively about their spouse. And it happens to me all the time. I see it. And it bothers me so, so much to no end. Have you? It's, oh, it's like, 
What do you mean? In conversation or they change? No, like, like I'm talking to you <laughs> or like I, I, and I speak negatively about my wife. Right. Oh, yeah. She. Uh, oh, women are so. Oh, yeah. right. She all, all she does is not over there. Sometimes you need to vent it out, so then yeah. No, no, but that's you don't you don't speak bad of. Well, that's what I think. But I, I also think that if you ask that guy, listen, this is your partner in life, right? This is someone you're going to have your kids with, right? This is the mother of your children, right? They will. They, they might very well agree to that. People might actually know this is the person, but but they're acting. Actions don't reflect that. It's, there's this divide, a chasm between what they know and what they actually feel and do. Right? You can know something, and you know something's bad. Like, um, uh, who here would agree with the statement? Um, everyone here has a smartphone? Yes. Well, the majority of the population. No, everyone around the room. Yes. Yeah? Would everyone uh, agree with the following statement that if you uh, maybe maybe use your smartphone less, you probably would be more productive? Would everyone agree to that? Yes. Yeah. Okay, wait. Okay. I disagree with that. Sometimes my smartphone makes me more productive. I wrote papers on my phone. Okay. Well, okay. How about this? Would everyone agree that maybe they waste a little bit too much time on their smartphones? Yes. 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 Uh-huh. No. Okay. No. 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 No, you. Who's the exception to every yeah, rule? Yeah, we have this to communicate with other therapists. I don't like to go on it. Okay. I don't have time. To, yep. Oh yeah, Facebook. Ooh, I'm going help. to the bathroom. Well, no, it, yeah. did, it did help your employees remember today. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> I, I forgot. Okay, I'm human. It didn't help. Okay. But it, it's better that I remember myself. You know, this is hurting our memories. More and more of us are probably going to get Parkinson's because we are not. Do you know your? You know, do you know my phone number? No, because you don't put it into your memory. You just oh, click it in. You know? So that time, Dana yeah, forgot my name. What? So that time, you forgot my name. I know my name. Well, okay. No, my boy's like this. Is it possible? I I know for myself yeah. that that I waste too much time on my phone. One hundred percent. And I kind of know that probably would be good for me to just get one of those flip phones. It would probably be the best thing for me. You know? Yeah, but time you but realize it's broken, then suddenly you're like, you well, I can't laugh. do this now. What do well, I do? That's when you realize. You're like, oh, okay, so maybe I can do something else. It's crazy. <laughs> no, it's crazy how people don't know how to nurse anymore. Like, I well, but when it's really like, I, I love Shabbos because I don't use my phone the whole Shabbos, obviously. And every Shabbos, like, read something, I read a book, I read. I, I, you know, I, yeah, it's awesome. It's just such an awesome experience. I have tons of books here that I would never read if not, you know, biographies and like, just, it's, but my point is, is that something that even though you know it's good for you, you're not going to actually do it. And you know for sure it's good for you, you're not going to actually do it. Another example of this, um, and this is, a, I think, a real problem that we have um, as humans. Um, I, I did this exercise once before a long time ago. I'll do it again here. So ever, has everyone here, anyone here, well, this is the, the girl from England probably is an exception. <laughs> Does anyone here have the confidence to say that they have never texted while they drove? I tried to only text. Oh, 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 yes or no? <laughs> if I don't stop at a red light or stop sign. Never? While you're driving, in the car. You are technically driving. Everybody has. Just uh, okay, yeah, absolutely. Also, I'll, 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 I, I'll, yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I can't trust with you. Oh, no. Can't lie, right? Why did I say, 
Why do you, you think I thank God for getting homesick? <laughs> Survived another. Uh, I try not to do that. I try to call people while they're around. Do you ever like like we both texting and suddenly you're resident? That's no, I'm not, I'm not, it's not that. Like it's just and I, I'll sit there in the car and I'm I'm, I'm driving and I'll be like, okay, I'm done, I'm done, I'm done. And then like something else will come up. Like, and I'm I, I'm not like a swerve or anything, but just like I'm. No, but the thing is, absent mind. I guarantee you press the brakes really fast one time because you. Oh, sure. It, yeah. Well, one time you don't pay attention in your car. That's why I don't do it. I, I text like, okay, or I'll just wait. I'll read it sometimes, but I won't. If I need a reply with like more than like two letters, I'll just. So I once had, a, I think there were 20 people here. And, I, and no one could say that they had never texted while they drove. I said, and everyone seems to know. that the Studies are, are clear that it's, it's just the most dangerous thing you could possibly do. Yeah. So I should drink and drive more. Well, it's actually really bad. It can go towards where my aunt lives. There's less cars out in Richmond, Texas. Yes. So you can actually go down 59 and be see someone driving like this. You're like, the whole yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, you need to but then it's, at least like, read it. It's more dangerous. People have always done that. Like, I've seen people on the freeway reading a newspaper. <laughs> <laughs> happen to them where you're actually you're by a red light and then you're and you're texting and then it's ready green and everyone behind is beeping and you just haven't looked up nobody beeps yeah I've been there many times I've been there many times I've been there many times I've been Last week, from, not England, Australia. Sorry, Australia. Thirty-one hour flight, right? And we go home after dinner, and everybody's on the couch playing oh, cards with friends oh, with the person they're sitting next to. <laughs> usually, I'm like, I'm like, we have Scrabble. That's all boys Scrabble. And then we have plays Russell. Russell? No. Might be the only Android. It's like Boggle with. Like pretty much bottle of friends. Good thing about Carphone, dude. So it wants to play me. I'm the, the kid, like, I'm sorry. For, for example, my friend, his excuse for texting while driving is, I grew up texting while driving, so we're used to it, so I won't get in a car accident. So, yeah. 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 People used to have to have the, you know, on those touchstone phones, yeah, it's like, keyboards. yeah, keyboard, but three letters per, think how much more typing people have to do. It's but probably safe for now. Now, of course, I have a swipe, so I text really fast. So. You can do it by You probably have a swipe. You can text more buttons than on the screen. Yeah, yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Have you never... Look it up on YouTube later on. Well, you can see. 
Oh, yeah, the world record was like 240 words a minute or something. Like, I remember back in England when I was young, you know, everyone started getting phones. And I was hanging around with this girl. She's like, oh my god, she just wrote like 500 words. <laughs> now the world record was like 244 words per set per minute. And a million dollars. Right? Yeah, I'm a fan. How many words? 244 words per minute. 40? 40? 244. And no mistakes. If you look at it, you're presenting a text. Yeah, now it's like... It no, 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 no. This was like a keyboard phone back in the day. Uh, if you look it up on YouTube, you'd be surprised. Wow. Oh, you'll see it's someone going like that. It was, it was the same. I saw the video. With 10 key, I was such a subtractive that it was So, Jared, what do you say about this problem? Oh, I forgot the problem already. The problem <laughs> is... Well, it's, it's, I think it, the connecting your mind. Yeah, and and I, I think I think it's 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 I think it's the well, number well, one. It's, 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 the, 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 the original question is is correct like in your mind intellectually you know and believe whatever it is. Whatever it is. Well, sometimes people don't believe anything. I'm not talking about that. People who know. But how does this happen? What, what's this? Well, it could be that it could be regular relations. Like I said, I, I like like those people that you see that that badmouth their wives or mistreat their wives. I think it's, I think it's something to strive for. For example, I, uh, Habit, yeah. Rabbi gave me this little thing one time. I said to him, I said, "You pray three times a day, and on Shabbos and Shabbos, and you know, I, I started praying regularly on Shabbos with them, and I found the service at the JC in Austin. So it was beautiful." The rabbi that sang on me with a beautiful voice, and it felt really cool spiritually. And I, I said, "No, you've been this for twenty years. You know, how is it as beautiful to you as it is to me?" And he said, "That's the point of prayer: to strive to make it important. You have to continue to strive to have that connection and that feeling." And I think that's connecting very much your heart. And I said, "Strive to make that happen." Let me tell you a story. And. Uh... No, that's good. It's good, but, but it's it, and it's, this. Uh, this story happened to me. I'm, I've for sure said it here a, a million times because it's my favorite story. And like some of the stories that actually happened to you about my my uh, late great grandfather, great as in uh, the adjective, uh, not as in your grandfather's not as in, grandfather, not as in my grandfather's father, well, but my father. Yeah, but the adjective the. <laughs> so he uh, he lived to be ninety, almost ninety one, and he. He wrote many books, and he was a very influential rabbi in Israel. And at the end of his life, he had cancer, and he was sick, and he was in and out of the hospital. He was 90 and a half already, and he would wake up in the middle of the night, and every night he would, like, he needed something to take care of him. My, mother, my, my grandmother, uh, she should live and be well. She's also already, like, 92 or 93. She's awesome. She's, like, going to yoga and Pilates now. But, um, oh, she's awesome. Uh, she's like learning new languages. I love it. <laughs> That's good. Sometimes when uh, when you lose a spouse and you're old, you just wither away. Like, but sometimes you have like a new, you know. Anyhow, so uh, he was really sick, and every night he would wake up, and my grandmother, you know, she wouldn't have, she wouldn't get a night, a night's sleep. So they had, they asked um, the grandchildren every night. A different grandchild slept with my grandfather. Um, you know, and in, in, in you know, in one room, and and if he would wake up, he'd take care of him. You know, 
fine. That was, that was so anyhow. So I was there one night, and I was there. I just did the whole overnight. I was up the whole overnight because he has he has like this treasure trove of like like forbidden manuscripts. Like, it was like a you know, so like I opened it, and I was reading all these stuff and Kabbalah and whatnot. And it was like, it was like anyhow, but every half hour, my grandfather was waking up and he was asking me, "Is it time to go to Shachras yet? Is it time to go to Davin? Is it time to go to pray?" And I would say, no, 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 it's only 2.30 in the morning. Prayer's until 7.30. Like, go back to sleep. So I went back to sleep and woke up again a half hour later, 3 o'clock. It's like, there's a time. And I said, no, he said, and wakes up at, literally every half hour is waking up in anticipation for prayer. And and then it was like 4 in the morning, he starts getting dressed. And 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 I'm like, Saba, don't get dressed now. I'll, wait, I'll, I'll make sure you wake up, Right. It's like, no, he gets he get dressed and he's sitting there, literally like this, in his bed, waiting. Not kidding. It's a true story. It happened to me. Waiting. And, and this was, this was, and his life was like that because he found a way to make that connection in his relationship with, with the Almighty. To him, he was talking to God. To him, it was nothing more exciting than prayer. To me, it's, it's, it's like, it's onerous. It's monotonous. It's repetitive. It's, it's, it's something which is a burden. Unfortunately, but that's because in my mind I know I'm talking to God, but I'm not actually, I don't actually experience it. Meaningful, but it's not really meaningful. It's meaningful. It prayer in itself is meaningful. But the, the connections you make are different. To make it real, the connections you make are different than maybe the connections he made, like in terms of this connection. Yeah, but but if 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 you. If you really thought, if you really thought you're talking to God, right, it would be an awesome experience. And like, like he would always um, mincha, like the afternoon prayer. He would do it at the earliest possible time because, like, to him, he like couldn't. He was like dependent on it for his like well being, really. And most people do mincha right? Yeah, like mincha like do mincha one after the other, right? And I'm, I'm trying to figure out, and I want, I want someone's help. I don't want to go too much overtime. No. I want to figure out how to make that. Because if you figure out the way to bridge that gap, right, and to really live with your priorities, it's a different life. It's 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 it's, it's, it's meaning, it's experiences that that that. You otherwise just want to have. I must admit, like in the congregation, like when I went to New Jersey, it's like a conservative synagogue, like the yeah. Orthodox cantor, or, or, um, uh, conservative rabbi. Cantor yeah. was the not he was world renowned, known around the world for his singing and his kiddush. Like he could do a half long or hour long kish, like not even exaggerating. Like we had it at the nature, he didn't do that for our mom. Stopwatch.
I lose. I have not found that, be able to find that connection that I had with, with that synagogue just because just found that like I've gone to Chabad where like, they're all about praying as an individual versus a group and that community. But sometimes it's just finding that right niche. But what you're, what you're saying is you shouldn't have to find that niche. You should always be the same. Well, it could be right? even praying by yourself. Or I don't, and I, I don't know why the, the discussion is really focusing on prayer. Prayer is not prayer is one aspect of this. Prayer, prayer, but prayer is is an experience that I think could be just life altering, right? If you were, were able to meet Bill Clinton to, to, for coffee, it would be a life altering experience. It'd be awesome. Like I know. Bill Clinton. I see why Jane they offer like different options for services, like like an Orthodox service, like open service. And- Reform. They have a nature walk. They have yoga, Torah, yoga. So it's different ways. Yeah, but uh, but just the idea of talking to God, that principle, or that just just the thought of that trumps everything. Like everything else is just is semantics. Yeah. Like, but when were you wondering this? Did you huh? have, when you were speaking no, I, to your grandfather, you could have. No, and I, he, I I use him because he was a demonstration of, of right. someone. I'm who, trying to say, like, do you were you thinking that at the time? Did you think to ask him? Did you feel like this from day one? Or when did you suddenly feel that? I was that 18, way? please. What do you expect but from what me? <laughs> no, I'm saying like... Why I bet something happened Your grandfather's a minority. I mean... Yeah. For sure. So why, why but, but, we have to find the reason for that? But why? but why but, is, but people are people are miserable and the vast majority of people don't have successful lives in every part of their lives. So you're saying it was it was it was some sort of experience, some single event. I don't think so. I think it's some dedicated. Let's pray on a prayer for a second. Let's talk about relationships. Yeah, give an example. You every that's the every. I'm sorry. Wait, go ahead. No, she does that every time. It's like, let's do the example. I'm like, oh, let's put it into relationships. No, so like, my, my, my grandmother's at seven acres. Okay. My grandmother is 93. Wow. One, two. <gasps> wow. Generally like, she's doing okay. She's doing okay. I, pro- like, I literally live 10, 15 minutes away. Oh, my God. I do not see her nearly as enough as I should. Okay. That you're so close. What is the excuse? So, so, <laughs> in, in my heart, I know, like, I think about her. Like, I, 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 That's good. we have a great relationship. But somewhere, like, like and I, I think to myself, oh, like, I, I really need to go tomorrow. I need to go see her. I haven't seen her in a couple weeks, and like, she, I, she can't answer the phone as well anymore. So, like, I, I, I literally means I have to go and visit her. And then somewhere, there's like a disconnect. And that's what I, I think, like, I know I need to go. I feel I need to go. And actually, I, I went tonight, and it was like, I, I, I was like, I had kind of a lousy day. Like, I feel great now. Like, I was just like, I, I was good to see her. Like, we had a great visit. So, like, I mean, is that, is that? That's a good, I think, I think I, I, maybe, I, I, maybe I, I, the way to describe it is that that's a priority in your life, is your family. Sure. But sometimes your priorities get pushed to the side for whatever reason. And I think I think children like children is the best, a better, even a better example. Like 
like your children really are, are everything. It's your legacy. It's it's you know it's 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 what you're giving over to the world. It's a it's a tremendous investment. But how many parents um, you know are too focused on other things and well, don't end up spending time with their children? Different times and priorities are different. You say you know make your most important priorities first, but sometimes you know going to the is your most important, and other times it's getting. You know, your work done so you can make money put food on the table. So priorities change daily, I think, if not weekly. No, day, but I mean, but it, how many people are there that if you were to ask them to list the priorities, would list their family, their spouse, their children, number one or number two, right? Right. And neglect them or mistreat them or don't give enough attention. And, and, and don't, actually, and not that's the problem. Yeah. yeah. People could be so high in the priority totem pole, but actually, in actuality. Translated into practice, it's 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 neglected. I think he highlighted something by saying, "I always thought, I always thought of going." You know, then he went to sleep, whatever. Then he woke up the next day and thought, oh, "Whatever." <laughs> but if you actually write it down and you have it in front of your face, you know, it makes a difference. You come home from work like, "Oh, what?" Well, so you're saying you got to remind yourself of your priorities. No, yeah, really. If you write it down. Then you would be like, oh, I really should go see them. Ooh, but, so what Dave is saying is that you have to make a list of your priorities. Or really? Whatever. Yeah, I sound stupid, yeah, but I really does help. With my dad's part of parents, it was really hard. I didn't actually have a much relationship with my grandmother until after I went to Germany. And then my grandfather. I think he's like, oh, hi, grandmother. And she'd be like, who the heck is he hangs up the phone? 